When the stresses of midterms or dating or the cranky biology professor get you down, WestCon students can always turn to Crystal Arturi. She is the director of the Institute for Holistic Health Studies on campus, and she offers comfortable chairs and subtle lighting in her Berkshire Hall offices, where you can sit quietly to recharge, or you can get a Reiki lesson from her, or you can take advantage of any of the numerous seminars on yoga, regression, mindfulness, and even forest bathing. Crystal is our guest today, and she will tell us all about the center and what it does. Well, Crystal, thanks for being with us today on WCSU 411. Thank you. I'm real happy to be here. It'll be fun to talk about what you do. I think a lot of people know about the Center for Holistics, the Institute for Holistic Studies, but I don't know, probably about, uh, what, 10% of the student body has uh, stopped by and taken advantage or 20%? Well, I would say it's probably closer to 10%, but we're working to get it to be 20%, and I would love to have 100% hmm. ultimately. All these things that you do... Uh, I guess some people consider them out of the mainstream, but they're health-based things that make you feel better, especially people who are running around like crazy, like students do. Well, students and everybody else in this day and age, unfortunately. It's true. But it is um, out of the mainstream. It's uh, often called non-Western. It used mm. to be called alternative, which meant instead of Western medicine or Western approaches. Then they changed the name to complementary because it was used alongside and now the term has evolved into integrative, which means that it's actually an integral part of a treatment plan or a lifestyle for individuals. So it's not instead of anymore, it's actually woven in. Mm. And that's not just from the point of view of the formerly alternative uh, practitioners, but by um, what you would call traditional Western practitioners too, medical doctors who treat something with the things they learned in medical school, working with acupuncturists and chiropractors and meditation specialists, things like that, right? That's true. Actually, um, we're blending the best of Western medicine with the best of the non-Western modalities. Mm -hmm. And there are, I believe there are over 35 programs in this country where Western physicians can take a fellowship in integrative medicine. Um, in fact, the University of Connecticut Medical School has uh, has a program within their internship program. They have a rotation in integrative health and integrative medicine. One of the more famous ones and um, one of the, the first ones was at the University of Arizona with Dr. Andrew Weil. Mm -hmm. So if you Google Dr. Andrew Weil, he's got newsletters and he's got videos and he's got podcasts and he's got books and he's he's one of the gurus in the field. Well, if you practice, uh, I don't know, yoga or Reiki or chiropractic or um, what was the other one I just said, uh, acupuncture, you don't really want the medical doctors to get their own fellowship so they can practice it, right? You want them to hire you to uh, partner with them. Well, some of them actually do it themselves. And what what is interesting is uh, the University of Bridgeport, which is just down the road from us, mm -hmm. um, has a school of acupuncture. And I have some friends that have gone through that program. And it's 
many hours. I, I can't remember how many offhand, but several hundred. Mm-hmm. And um, if one is a physician in many acupuncture programs, it is considered that since they've already had their medical training in medical school and had the anatomy, physiology, etc., mm-hmm. they only have to take a fraction of those number of hours to, in order to graduate from the acupuncture program. So what it really means is that the person who is trained as an acupuncturist who is not an MD has had many, many more hours of training in that field. Mm-hmm. And you might feel more comfortable with them, uh, the person sticking needles in you, say, or <laughs> doctors, adjusting your Western, spine. Yeah, Western doctors stick needles in you for injections and, and vaccinations and things, so they get their, their uh, opportunity to do that as well. I guess well. so. <clears throat> So when students and others come, it's really open to the public, most of the things you do, aren't they? Yes, all of our um, educational programs are open to the public, and all of our programs are free, with the exception of um, each fall we usually have a featured speaker that Mm -hmm. comes on campus. And this event is used as a fundraiser, really, for the Institute, because we we subsist and exist on the benefit of donations. Mm -hmm. We don't... um, we don't charge for our programs. Uh, that's we don't really have a budget. And um, as a matter of fact, on November fifth, and, and tickets just have gone on sale today. November fifth, we're having a speaker. Um, this is a gal who is a holistic psychotherapist. She's a a trained hypnotist and trained in past life regression. And she's going to speak how hypnosis and past life regression can be used for healing. Hmm. So tickets are on sale for twenty dollars. Uh, Westcon faculty and staff um, for half that amount, and students free with ID. Hmm. But you do need to get a ticket. It's at 7:30 on November 5th in the Ives Concert Hall. Good. Well, that holds a lot of people too, so you should be able to pack it right in. Well, I certainly hope so. So the things we mentioned: uh, yoga and hypnosis and. Um, uh, chiropractic and those kinds of things people have heard about and I think most people are willing to say yeah there's a place for that mindfulness I get that but when you start talking about past life regressions you're kind of really out there right you're kind of on the edge and I'll have to admit that I felt that way initially as well um, I had the opportunity to work with this particular speaker and um, it really is like a very deep meditation hmm. so although Technically, she is guiding you deeper and into past lives, as it were. Um, It's a deep meditation. Mm -hmm. And she has been working in this field for over 30 years. Many psychotherapists use it. But for the average guy on the street, they think, whoa, that is just a little too woo-woo for me. Thank you. Yeah. Was I Cleopatra? Was I? Uh, (laughs) The idea is to, to go back deeply into some of those past lives, so to speak, and look at the strengths that you had then and ways to get through challenges and then utilize those same strengths today with the challenges of today. Although they're different challenges, thinking back to when you were able to deal with them successfully. Actually, I love that idea. If we could take all the strengths, if you uh, buy the concept of past lives and you could take all the strengths of every life you lived, that would be great. Well, come on November 5th, Paul. All right. (laughs) In mindfulness, I have practiced that some, um, and I'm pretty much a mainstream person who um, 
you know, I've been to a chiropractor. I've never done acupuncture, but I believe that I'm fully in support of that kind of thing. And, um, you know, my parents would have said, mindfulness, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> right. Mind but I think it's very, it is good. I, um... Well, mindfulness is not anything more than paying attention to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of multitasking, thinking about a million things at once, which most of us do. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, we are valued in this society for as much as we can do in a short period of time. And the recent studies have shown that multitasking does not make you any more productive, mm. quite the contrary. And it also fills your brain and it stresses you. Right. So if you give yourself the luxury of paying attention to what you're doing, um, it's very freeing. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a study done at um, Ohio State University a couple of years ago. With uh, They used students as subjects, as a matter of fact. And they had one group of students and they just asked them to wash dishes. The second group of students, they said, I want you to wash dishes, but I want you to really pay attention to the temperature of the water, the feel of the soap suds, the feel of the dish, and really pay attention and bring all of your attention to that as you do it. So both groups washed the dishes. They ended up with lots of clean dishes, which was wonderful. Maybe they can come to my house and take care of that <laughs> as well. And they found that the students that really paid attention were much less stressed, mm -hmm. much, much more relaxed. So it, it doesn't take too much to really engage in this kind of activity. It's just a little foreign to those of us who are used to doing a lot of things at once. Right. Actually, I've read that the, in the military uh, they teach mindfulness to you know, soldiers, sailors, Marines, uh, including when they're going out to battle so because it really focuses your mind. It kind of puts you in the zone. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's... It's incredibly important because certainly if you're out in the battlefield, you need to be paying attention to just what you're doing, not mm -hmm. worrying about what did you do yesterday or what do you have to do afterwards. So right. they are probably more in the moment and mindful than most of us. Yes. Hmm. I found it useful in meetings. I'm an administrator, so I go to a lot of meetings, and most of them are just, uh, you know, if it's an hour-long meeting, 10 minutes of it are important, and the rest of it is other people yakking. And actually, I've used it in these meetings and I, uh, to stay engaged. And it's, I feel I may not get more done, but I do feel better at the end of the meeting. And probably less frustrated. Yes, absolutely <laughs> less frustrated. And, uh, you know, not worrying about things in the past that I can't do anything about, et cetera. That's right. Um, and meditation is part of that too, right? Well, there is a, a, a one style of meditation that's called the mindfulness meditation, just like yoga is a, is a meditation in motion. Mm. So there are many different ways to meditate. And I had this conversation with a student the other day. You don't have to sit on a meditation cushion for 20 minutes to meditate. You can meditate in the moment. And in fact, Eckhart Tolle says that one conscious breath in and out is a meditation. Mm. So I often will recommend to students is, is just decide to do something for one minute. You have one minute. Mm -hmm. If you want, watch your watch. So you watch the second hand going around. And just be conscious of your breath for one minute, the feel of it going in and out of your body, the rise and the fall. And that's a meditation. Mm -hmm. I have worked with people um, when I've gone to health fairs, and I might be in a large room with a lot of noise, and I would have the individual sitting down. I would lean over to get my my face closer to their ear because of the noise I wanted to just guide them and just offer the suggestion that they breathe deeply and just pay attention. And after 60 to 90 seconds, 
you know, then return back to the room and where they are. And many people said, how long did we do that? Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a nap. <laughs> was it 20 minutes? I said, no, it was 90 seconds. So that's really all it takes. Mm -hmm. And like, as you say, you can do that anywhere. That's right. Almost that's anywhere. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I've read that Oprah makes her staff at about noontime. Everybody stop for one minute and just breathe. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. You know, stop and take a breather. Right. Exactly. I guess if we should, we should all do that. Uh, if you talk to the president of the university, we could all do that here. That's a great idea. I think I think I'll do that. He might. We might be able to do it without telling him. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the um, and you do workshops or seminars on things. One of your recent ones was forest bathing. Yes, everybody gets excited because they hear forest bathing, but we do it with our clothes on. Yes. So, um, but I'm told that in Europe they don't wear their clothes when really? they go into the forest. Hmm. And actually, I've just finished reading a book last night called Forest Bathing by one of the physicians in Japan who is the leading researcher in this field. And this has been done for many years in Japan. There's a lot of research using uh, biomedical markers now to determine the benefits of forest bathing. And now Western medicine is actually doing some um, some research in that field as well. And there is a handful of doctors in this country that are actually writing prescriptions for people really? to go out in nature. So forest bathing is really nothing more than going for a walk in the woods using all of your senses. What does it feel like? What does it smell like? You know, notice the breeze, notice the, the leaves in the sunshine. Um, really just absorbing the ambiance of the whole experience. And um, I'm very, very fortunate because I live in the middle of the woods. Mm. So I can walk out my house down my driveway to the road and back and, and I can experience forest bathing. The benefits are, are available after only 20 minutes, although ideally they say you should take a, a forest bath a couple of times a week for a couple of hours each. Wow. Okay, that's a little difficult mm. for most of us. So it's nice to know that you can get those benefits in a shorter time. And part of the theory is that the trees and mostly trees, I guess, themselves emit pheromones and other chemicals into the air that you breathe in, right? They do. They do. And um, it's they've done a lot of research to show that it stimulates our immune system, that mm. it does make us feel better. And it also, uh, on a spiritual level, and people always say, oh, spirituality, you're going to talk about religion. But spirituality has to do with being part of something bigger than yourself. And when you go for a walk in the woods, you realize, you know, these trees are like really old. And you look at the little bugs and you, and you think they don't have the houses that we do. They don't have the stressors that we do. And they're doing just fine. And it kind of changes your perspective on life a bit. Mm -hmm. And it helps to have a stream going by, too, because that's always... Uh, yeah. restful and spiritual too absolutely water, water is you know and you can i was having a conversation with a friend of mine who lives at the beach and we were talking about forest bathing and he says well i do i do beach bathing and he <laughs> takes a walk on the beach every day and finds that very therapeutic mm -hmm. i can see that it may not get the pheromones but you still have the it's like meditating while you're walking almost right? well and that's true and there are um you know I don't I don't know all the different gases that are composed of the air that we, we breathe, mm -hmm. but um, certainly there are negative ions that are generated at the beach that are very, very healthy for mm -hmm. us. 
I um, try to go walking in the woods with my wife and sometimes our dog every, at least once a week. And um, I uh, talk about forest bathing, but I find I uh, can't remember that. And so I start calling it tree washing. <laughs> and then my wife doesn't want to go. <laughs> or she yells at me for <laughs> confusing it. So a student here at Westcon can go to look to your uh, program, the Institute for Holistic Health. Is that what it is? Did it's I get it? Health studies, studies yes. Right. And um, not just when they're feeling stressed, but just for regular learning how to live, right? Well, ideally, yes. Um, I'm a health coach as well, and I specialize really in lifestyle coaching um, because that's really what it is, is just a changing one's attitude about life and how we go through it. The Institute for Holistic Health Studies is contained within the HPX department, mm -hmm. and we do have a little wellness center in Berkshire 119, and it's open for anyone to come in. It's open this semester five days a week from 11 until 2, and if those times don't work for you, you can always email me, and my schedule is somewhat flexible, and we'll work something out. Um, also, on Tuesday afternoons this semester, I have another professor available to give Reiki. And Reiki is a means of balancing one's energy. So here again, from a Western perspective, this is going to sound a little bit woo-woo because certainly I was trained uh, as a dental hygienist and I had anatomy and physiology classes and there were no energy meridians in any of my textbooks. Mm -hmm. But in Chinese medicine and in many of the other more traditional healing uh, approaches, the theory is that if you have energy flowing through your body freely, you will be healthy. And when energy gets stuck or blocked, that's when we start feeling poorly and we start developing signs and symptoms of dysfunction and ultimately disease. So on Tuesday afternoons between 1 and 4, Professor Kendall is available and she's um, giving Reiki. Also on Mondays and Thursdays when I'm in, I'd be happy to give Reiki those days as well. Oh, you can do that too? I can do that too. I'm a Reiki master. Oh. Well, heck. Yeah. Can we go four days a week then? or is it Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I have the lights down low. I have my yoga music going on or spa music as you'd like to call it. Hmm. We usually have an aromatherapy diffuser, um, diffusing often lavender, which is relaxing. Sometimes I diffuse lemon which is very uplifting. And if we're trying to, sometimes students come in and they're just looking to have a quiet place to study since the library is not so quiet anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, I will diffuse peppermint, which helps with memory. And uh, I have herbal tea available. And sometimes students come in and they just say, I just want to hang out here for a while. And that's okay. Yeah. Those who would like to, we can do some introductions to meditation. We can do some chair yoga. As a matter of fact, in a few weeks, we're going to offer a workshop on chair yoga. So yoga can be done anywhere you are. Mm -hmm. And how long does the Reiki talk take? Um, I usually take a half an hour. Mm -hmm. some, um, some people out in public will do a Reiki session for an hour. Um, I find that in this particular situation, a half an hour is more than enough. And uh, so if we go and do that, do we tip you or uh, what do we do? No, but I'm always happy to receive donations for the Institute. Mm. So uh, it's free for, for faculty, staff, and students. But um, if you're 
wanted to show your appreciation with uh, a monetary contribution, we're happy to receive that. Yes. And do faculty show up for they have They have said that they are going to. I've not had any faculty yet. Hmm. Um, the semester has been students. So that must give you a good feeling, though, to be able to help students in such a direct way. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> and so you were a dental hygienist. How did you go in this direction with the... Oh, it was kind of a, a long, winding road, but it all came together. Um, I was interested uh, in yoga and acupressure and Reiki and aromatherapy, and I picked up um, different courses and workshops on the way. And then I did find a graduate program here in Connecticut in integrative health and healing, and that kind of took everything that I had been interested in and tied it all together. So... Um, I'm happier now than ever um, mm. being able to help people on many different planes and working with the whole, the whole person. Um, I loved my work in, in dentistry, and when I was forced to leave it due to uh, an automobile accident, mm. I was heartbroken because I really loved what I did. People told me, don't worry, you'll find something to do that will make you even happier, and I have. And when you mentioned the whole person, that is a, the focus of a lot of these um, integrative medicines, right? They look at the whole person, not just a symptom. My knee hurts, but the uh, uh, what leads and contributes to the pain in your knee and tries to unblock all of that, right? That's the big difference between a lot of the non-Western approaches and Western medicine. Western medicine is very um, fractionated or reductionist is the term that they use. We have all these specialists, but sometimes they, they don't know. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Mm -hmm. And um, certainly Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and many of the other programs will really look at the whole person. If you, if you go to um, a Chinese medicine doctor or an Ayurvedic doctor or a naturopath, uh, at mm -hmm. this point, a naturopathic physician, and you have a stomach ache, they're not just going to give you medicine to make your belly feel better like most Western doctors will do. They, they want to go deeper. Is Why is your belly bothering you? What are you eating? Um, what is your relationship with your family or your friends? Do you have conflicts? What could be contributing to all of this? And, and what can we do to help the root of the problem, not just treat the symptoms? Mm -hmm. It usually takes longer when you take that approach, and we people of the 21st century are very impatient. We don't have time for this. We want to get this done. Give me the pills. Give me the magic pills so I don't have to do anything else. Right, and it's not what we're used to either. When we go to the doctor, and your doctor may be very good, but um, they are getting paid by the minute, basically, right? So their uh, their insurance company or whoever says spend 15 minutes with this patient? Well, the reality is, unfortunately, that um, for most primary care doctors, the insurance reimbursement rate is so low that they have to really see a, a huge volume of people. Mm -hmm. And many Western doctors are very frustrated, and a few have decided to leave the current system and practice in a different manner. Um, I know of one physician in particular, and he's been doing this now for two years, and he's much happier, less stressed, and he's able to practice medicine the way he intended when he first went to medical school. Mm -hmm. Is he, as, uh, he doesn't make as much money, though, probably. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how it works. Uh, he does accept insurance. Um, 
and I believe that his patients have to pay an annual fee for the privilege mm. of having him as their physician. Mm -hmm. um, so he has limited the size of his practice, and if we're talking about access to care for all, which is something else that I'm very passionate about, um, there are many people, because of the financial uh, restrictions, are not able to have this type of care. Mm -hmm. Do you, how much do you get involved with the, um, you know, the current situation with access to care and uh, the whole, which real national um, challenge with that? Well, it is a challenge, and I have to say that although I'm not working in direct patient care dentally anymore, I've been a volunteer for many years with the Connecticut Mission of Mercy, which has had their dental clinics um, hmm. out at Westside mm -hmm. uh, at least twice, if not more. And every year they have a free dental clinic for two days for people to come and receive care. And I've seen people line up. It's, it's like people lining up for concert tickets, lining up because there is a finite number of people that we can handle. And um, so I am still involved in in trying to promote access for more people. And I know that this weekend we have some kind of an event right here on campus uh, to provide medical care for the underserved. That's right. It's mainly aimed at people who are um, homeless, but um, uh, you're right, it's under the underserved population. A lot of people show up too. Well, certainly with the Mission of Mercy, it's, you know, one thinks that it's primarily homeless people, but it's many people who are working, mm -hmm. they have to make a choice. They they might have medical insurance, but not dental insurance. And if it's a choice of putting food on the table or paying your fuel bill and the teeth are not hurting right now, then that gets pushed aside. So we see a lot of, you know, I guess they're, they're known as the working poor. Mm -hmm. So does the field or fields of complementary medicine uh, attract uh, nice people like you, or is it uh, that What's the combination there? Well, I really think that anybody who goes into um, delivery of care, whether it's complementary or uh, the Western medical model, we all go into it because we're compassionate and we care about people and we want to improve the situation. So I won't say that I haven't come across a grumpy physician, but I think it's uh, it's due to a lot of the pressures that they face. Um, it's interesting because I've read a couple of, uh, of books about um, the challenges of being a physician. One is called How Doctors Think. Um, and it gave me a whole new insight. You know, the, the doctors are frustrated with patients that don't follow their recommendations. And uh, there are times when physicians really want the patient to get better and Mother Nature intervenes and it's the opposite and that's frustrating for them. I can tell you certainly from working in um, dentistry and with working with um, dental insurance, that is a big headache as well. So they they do they do get frustrated. As a matter of fact, um, for many years I led teams of dental and medical professionals to Honduras, mm. and we set up a clinic for a week up in the mountains where there was no access to care. There was also no running water or no electricity, and the physicians that came on those trips said, you know what? this is really nice. I'm able to treat people the way I want to treat people. I don't have to worry about insurance. I don't have to worry about all these things I have to do at home. That's very interesting. 
especially with electricity, it's, uh, that makes dentistry a little bit harder in modern times. Yes, well, unfortunately, most of the care that we provided was, uh, I certainly as a dental hygienist, I was doing a lot of preventive care, but a lot of the other care was surgery and removing mm. teeth. Um, in later years, we did get a generator, and we were able to put in some simple fillings. Mm. So how do students find you? I mean, do they come to campus and they've been reading uh, the emails and things and they figure it out, or do they? Uh, does somebody tell them? Is it word of mouth mostly? Or It's been word of mouth mostly and people literally stumbling um, mm. to find us. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people are on their way to the fitness area and they see the door open and they see this, the steam and the vapor from the aromatherapy diffuser and they wonder what the heck is going on in there <laughs> and they come in because they're curious. I'm really trying to get the word out. Um, uh, there's information on um, on the, the webpage, the, the Westcon um, website. I'm trying to um, publicize it on, on the campus radio station. Hmm. I'm trying to work with uh, the faculty to promote it to their students. And I have seen a, a big increase already this semester. I would have to say I have seen probably um, as many people this semester so far as I saw all last semester. Really? So I think the word is getting out, and it's also um, made a difference that the Wellness Center is open every day. Mm. So that's made a huge difference. I have a, a wonderful intern working with me this semester, and she actually took my class last semester. In the spring, I teach uh, principles of holistic and integrative health, and so she was in that class, and she had an internship that kind of fell through, and. She contacted me and said, gee, do you know anybody who needs an intern? I said, yes, I do. And it worked out well because she already knew me and she knew the principles by which I uh, comport myself here and in this field, and she knew the philosophy. So it's working out very, very well this semester. That's good. And do your colleagues in health promotion exercise or HPX, um, are they supportive too, or are they part of the crowd that looks askance at uh, the hands-on kind of thing? Uh, there are some that are very, very supportive and um, and subscribe to this philosophy. There are a couple who are um, curious. They've heard about it, and they don't know much about it. And um, there is one who um, is definitely more mainstream. And, and I just have to look at the way my husband, who's very traditionally... Uh, educated looks at it and my husband teaches anatomy and physiology at the University of Bridgeport and when I talk about energy medicine and all this kind of stuff you know he he can't explain it scientifically and because of that he makes fun of it but he knows there's something to it mm -hmm. so I think little by little you know I'm infiltrating the minds of my colleagues <laughs> I think that's the state general state of things in the literature too you read a lot about scientists and doctors saying, you know, we can't explain it, so it must be a fraud or it's all in your head, a placebo effect and things like that. But when studies are done, first of all, studies show that uh, there's um, effects beyond the placebo effect and also people feel better when they walk out. So uh, they, and I'm not talking about mindfulness, it's the actual... Uh, work of Reiki and um, et cetera that uh, make people feel better. That's very true. And uh, speaking of the placebo effect and, and Reiki, people were, there have been some studies done and people said, oh, well, it is just placebo. But 
when Reiki is done on animals mm. and they improve, um, I don't think you can uh, say that that's the placebo effect. No. But um, there, there are more studies being done now. The National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health, which is part of the NIH, is funding many, many studies. And I just got a blurb the other day from them about how meditation can actually change brain structure. Mm. And it, it increases the hippocampus, which is the part of our brain that uh, involves in learning and memory. Um, it increases the size of it. During stress, the hippocampus shrinks. Um, meditation will also increase in size the portions of our brain that are more compassionate and, and loving and just nice people. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking now to our tens of listeners for this podcast. Now is the time to go visit Crystal Oturi at the Institute for Holistic Health Studies and buy into some of this stuff and um, figure out how to improve yourself. Anybody wants to uh, improve their brain structure, right? I would think so. Even your husband? It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He's coming around. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us today, and um, I'm going to schedule a Reiki appointment for myself, all right? That would be wonderful. We can take care of you. All right. Thanks very much, Crystal. Thank you, Paul. I also want to remind our listeners that this podcast comes to you from Western Connecticut State University, offering a high-quality, affordable education. If you have questions about enrolling at WestCon, send an email to admissions at wcsu.edu. And now, here's Barbara. Nothing. Well, actually, we can talk about it because it's, it's a good opportunity for students, I guess. What? Um, substitute teaching. Oh, absolutely. Something I didn't even realize was like a good thing, and then there was an informational table, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. So, for Danbury, Danbury School District, out of table? Yeah. We can talk about that. And so... Before you get your bachelor's degree, you can become a substitute yeah, teacher? Yeah, so <laughs> it's a little worrisome, actually. I don't like, I went to the table and I was like, we're recording, right? Like, we're. Yeah. Yes. Okay, it's a little, so it's a little worrisome. Um, when I went to the table, I was like, oh, is this for educational, uh, like education majors? And she was like, no. I was like, uh, okay, so like, um, like, what are the requirements? She's like, oh, well, there, you, there's not really any specific requirements. And I was like, so, substitute teachers <laughs> are breathe, teaching the. Breathing. Yeah, I was like, they're we're teaching the future of America, <laughs> and I mean, obviously, like not all the time, but still, like, if you do enough substitute teaching, like you could teach a right. majority of the students. But anyway, um, you have to to do like special needs kids, special education. Um, you don't need a degree. You just need. That's I don't think you need a degree, but you need like a high school education. I didn't really read too much into that because I was thinking of doing um, the one that needs a four-year degree. So mm -hmm. if basically like special education, you don't need a degree because I think you're working with a teacher. Mm -hmm. You're just like right. helping. But um, for every other kind of substitute teaching, all you need is a, is a bachelor's degree in like anything. It doesn't have to be like – I was like – I told her, I was like, I'm studying law. Like I have no, no idea about educating kids. Like I was mm -hmm. a nanny and stuff. Like I have experience with kids, like luckily. But if I didn't, like I just – I'm, I have a law degree. I, mean, I don't have a law degree. I'm trying to get a law degree. Like, I'm not going into education. She's like, oh, that's fine. I'm like, that's interesting. I'm like, okay, like, I guess that's good. Obviously, there's still probably, like, vetting and all of that. Like, yeah, obviously. to have your fingerprints taken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, you're still, but, like, I feel, I don't know. 
And so they would hire you before you graduated from here to be a substitute? No. So oh, yes, okay. yes, if you do special education. Oh, okay. But if not, then she just said it's a good thing to do, which I thought was really cool. It's a good thing to do, like, while you're looking for work. Like, when you graduate, like, obviously, you're not, I mean, unless you're super cool and, like, you're, like, I don't know, lucky or whatever, you just get a job right off the bat. Usually, like, you know, it takes a little while. Right. For you to like apply and everything, especially like with me, I don't even have time to apply or anything because of everything that I'm trying to finish. <laughs> yep. Um, so basically, like you can make your own schedule. Um, is there a way to make this louder? I can't really mm-hmm. hear myself. Yeah, just follow the wire to yours and then the little knob. There. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm like deaf. I <laughs> there's too. I listen to music way too loud. Too many concerts in Buffalo. Oh my god! Oh my god! We have to talk we about were that too. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> it's terrible. Um, anyway, what was I even saying? About being a substitute teacher. Yeah. I think we finished that. Let's talk about your concert you're going to. Wait, no. I want to finish because it's huh. really important for them to like know that it's a really good opportunity because you make like, like, so if you start off making ninety five dollars a day and you can choose whatever days you work. So mm. if you want to work one once a week or like if, or like twice a week or literally five times a week, you choose the school that you go to and, like, what grade or whatever, and then you can just, like, change it, like, on the website, and you just pick the days, and you get paid regardless. So, like, if they have an early dismissal or a 90-minute delay or whatever, like, you still get paid the same amount, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Like, if you're just, like, in between jobs or, like, if for me, like, I work at a restaurant and, mm-hmm. like, lunches are not busy. Like, you, you don't make any money during lunch, like, unless, like, I don't know, you work at, like, a really great restaurant in Manhattan or something, like, you don't really make much money during lunch. So... You could literally substitute teach in the morning and then be out by, like, 2 o'clock if you work high school or 3.30 elementary school, and then you can just go to work after. So it's, like, such a good opportunity. And if you like kids, like, it's cool. Right. Aren't you worried about or do you worry about uh, being a high school substitute teacher and teaching 18-year-olds who are, like, five years younger than you? (laughs) Actually, they're only three years younger. (laughs) So so that's even worse. But honestly, like, I really liked, like, I remember having substitute teachers that were old and I just didn't really, like, I don't know. Like, you can't relate. It's like, I feel like adults take themselves too seriously, I feel like. And I think the new generation can, like, they like being held like treated as an adult and I feel like adults have a hard time with that they just think they're like superior not all adults but like you know they just think that like they're on a certain level and you're just like not there yet I guess that's at least how I feel maybe it's because I'm a woman too (laughs) does Pete treat you like that no but honestly like I've I didn't even realize that I was experiencing that kind of like discrimination until um like I had a friend like pointed out to me they were like oh well he's this this guy like um, you know, people that I've worked with and stuff are just like micromanaging or that sort of thing because like they're older and I'm like a young woman that like is trying to get things done and like I try to do things and everything and then they're totally maybe without even noticing like being kind of sexist and mm-hmm. like discriminating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like that's so true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, it's so ingrained in our society that you don't notice it until you think yeah, about it. Until you have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like that's just one kind of discrimination. I'm sure, like racism and all of that like people experience it like they're so like just so often nowadays that it's like terrible but i forgot i was going it's actually i think getting better nowadays because more people uh recognize it but it doesn't mean it's not all around still yeah um are you talking about people on on campus who have done this to you or uh, um yeah hmm. like people that i've worked with are we ready to name names? No, definitely not. <laughs> not doing that. Um, but it's just like, 
it's things like I'm sure they don't even like mean it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like an it's kind of like engraved into society. It's, That's a microaggression. Yeah, like it's like just because you're like older and you're a guy, like you know more than I do. Like of course, like there's experience and everything. I can acknowledge that, but it's different when it's like I'm just trying to like I don't mm-hmm. know. I've worked in a lot of places on campus, so no one's going to guess who I'm talking about. Like, don't even try. <laughs> but I was guessing. I was trying to guess. Yeah, but, like, we can talk about it after. <laughs> but, oh, okay, um, but, yeah, I've worked at, like, a lot of different, like, places. So it's happened frequently, un- mm-hmm. unfortunately. Like, you, I notice it. But at the same time, like, I don't know. You're right. It might be an advantage to be uh, 21 or 22 going in as a uh, – what do we call it? Substitute, Substitute teacher. teacher. Yeah. yeah, I think that I'll be able to like connect with them more, mm-hmm. even though I'm only there for like a day. Mm-hmm. You can like go back to the same classroom or the same kind of school, and I feel like I don't. I'll like be more because honestly, like substitute teaching, I feel like it's just like you show them a video or like you like give them worksheets or something. Like you're not going to sit there and teach them like calculus. Like I hope not. At least I'm not signing up for math classes. No, or um, band class either. You may even yeah, know, exactly. Right there, you just have to keep them from banging on the drums during the uh, yeah. while you're showing the video. But I think I really I really enjoyed having young substitute teachers because I mm-hmm. just felt like they were more relatable and like mm-hmm. they were kind of like. Like, because I know how I felt, and it was only three years or three and a half years ago that I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know how it feels. Like, to, I like, I remember liking to be treated like an adult. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, raise your hand if you want to go to the bathroom. Like, that's so stupid. Or, like, oh, like, if you, if if your mom's calling you on the phone, like, you can't take it. Like, tell her to, like, shut up. Like, no, like, just walk outside, go to the bathroom, take your call, and come back in. Like, that's one of the main things that I loved about college. Just, like, finally, like, you can just, People recognize that you have a life and you mm-hmm. have obligations and people feel, I feel like people in high school, like, you, like you're forced to like make a decision about what you're going to do and, and forced to like act like an adult and make these adult decisions, but they don't treat you like an adult. So that's what I feel like will like work well. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. if people go in with that mindset of like wanting to help and everything, I think they'll do well. Okay, good. So that wasn't even on the schedule. Yeah. Now we're going to but talk about. It's a good opportunity about, uh, for students, though. I'm sorry. It's a good opportunity for students, yes. though. Excellent. See, Pete Barber's being the adult here, and I'm trying to guide the conversation <laughs> with this concept Gossip. she's going to. <laughs> uh. So you bought tickets to what's it called? The band. The 1975. Right. Because they were performing in New York, and yeah. you thought it'd be a great opportunity to go see them. Yep. Because like New York's so close, right? Right. Yeah. You're going to laugh so hard because there's even a second part to the story. Mm. <laughs> so right after the podcast last week, I was uh, told by a friend that I invited to go. I was like, oh, come get tickets. And he was like, um, like, I'm not driving all the way to New York like that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, New York City's right there. He's like, yeah, hon, but you bought tickets to Buffalo, like, like way, like six hours out. I was like, oh, did I now? I literally looked it up six and a half hours. Yeah. It's almost like, Canada. It's like, since when is New York that big? <laughs> I like, had no idea. I don't know why in my head, like, I was I was looking and seeing New York City, but it, I looked back and it, it said New York. Like, because I know New York City is only so big. Like, you can't go six hours out in New York City. Right. But New York State is a pretty big place. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I found out that there was a concert in Boston. <laughs> That's the second part. Two and a half hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. So instead of getting the Boston one, because I went, got pre-sale tickets and got really good tickets, I got the one in New York. So I canceled them. I had to. Oh. I was like, I was going to just make like a weekend out of it. But then like I was like, there's one in Boston. Like there's no way 
I just feel like even more of an idiot when I found out there was one in Boston. So I was like, all right, like, F it. Like, I'm not doing it. Mm. So luckily, they were, I was able to cancel them. And the guy on the phone was like, wow. <laughs> like, he was laughing. <laughs> he was like, oh, I get it. Like, okay, common mistake. I'm like, no, it's not. Probably, it's probably <laughs> definitely not. But, yeah, I went to go buy tickets for Boston, but there were no good tickets. So I was like, all right, whatever. That's I guess. too bad. But I've already seen them, like, a handful of times anyway. So I don't, I don't need to do it again. It was just kind of upsetting. <laughs> well, they'll come back again. Yeah, they're next time unlucky. They're in Buffalo. Yeah. What? I said next time they're in Buffalo, you can go. See oh my them. god. <laughs> the other thing is making a weekend of it in Buffalo. I don't know if that exactly. Is, uh, I was like looking at like things do to that? do. There was like golfing. I was like, okay, like I don't want to do that. Like Nick was like oh, golfing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, we're not going. Like we're not going six hours out to go golfing and to go to like a two-hour concert. Like I'm not doing that. He used to go to musicals with you. You can't go golfing with him. I go golfing, but I'm not going golfing six and a half hours oh, okay. away. Yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah. So I go golfing with him every once in a while. We go to like the driving range. I suck so hard. But Well, yeah, golf's hard. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I literally can't even hit the ball. It's like <laughs> I, I try so hard, but it's like there's no way. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. <laughs> Maybe you need shorter clubs. Probably. Mm. But his his grandfather's like all into golfing. Like he like lives in Florida, like on I don't know what it's called. It's like a enclosed a closed community with mm-hmm. like a golf course mm-hmm. and like the, the houses are around the golf course and stuff. So he golfs every single day and he'll come up and visit. And he's like, Oh, Barbara, you want to go golfing? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Like, unless you want to take like six hours to <laughs> like just wait for me to try to hit the ball. <laughs> so yeah, I've gone golfing one time with the grandfather and I just sat in the car. I was like, I'm not doing this to you guys. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I like watched, had like, you know, relaxed. Yeah, watching is good. I like watch. It was it was fun. It was a really nice day, but the other time I went to the alumni golf tournament, that you was played sad. There in I that played too? there. Yeah. Wow. That was fun. But did you buy your own ticket or? No, I was invited. I was Why? invited this year too. Uh, I was invited last year for SGA, and then I think they just forgot to take me off the list, so I was invited this year too. <laughs> <laughs> I was invited this year, but I didn't go because I didn't I didn't have a team or anything, and like, yeah, I just it was on a Monday, and I was like, nah. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. Like, if you get invited as a student, it's really cool. You get, like, dinner. You get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I know. And, and you get, like, you can, like, participate in, like, the raffles and stuff. And you get, like, free golfing. And support scholarships. Yes, exactly. And if you're playing with other students, that's great. Yeah, it's, it was really fun. Like, we went with the e-board last year. Mm. Um, it was really cool. But You have your own clubs? Uh, I golf don't. Clubs, huh? You N- brought golf clubs, though, to the golf tournament? Um. Yes. Yes. I, I've, actually, I brought like Nick's clubs. Huh. Yeah. That could I don't be have the problem, own. right? <laughs> yeah. But like, but um, I was the only girl actually because the e board was all men. Yeah. Isn't that a problem year. when you say the e board is all men and I was the only girl? You're the same age as they are, right? Yeah. Girl, men, boys, oh. girl, women, oh, men. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, okay. Yes. You were microaggressing yourself. You're right. Mm-hmm. Damn. So I was the only. So yeah, I was the only woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but so all of their clubs were. But like, I, there was one. I think like Ryan, like the old VPIA, like he had like shorter clubs for some reason. And I, I was able to like switch with like one of the perf- one of the faculty that was there. She was like, "Oh, like, use my clubs." And I was like, "Oh, nice." So that was nice. Do you remember she your had, score? I was not keeping track. I was losing balls left and right. I was like, oh. I just had like we just I just brought like a bucket. I was like, this is what I need, like because I'm gonna lose everything. It's terrible. Wow. Yeah. Well, luckily the uh, not student, good and fresh. 
<laughs> the oh, you're right. Damn it! I was going to use that. Um, the student athletes who are actually on athletic teams here are doing very well. Yeah, they're are they still still undefeated, right? The football team, at football least. Football team's undefeated, and. They had a four, wasn't it last weekend? They had a four overtime win. Yeah. Oh, my God. I heard that from the cheerleaders. They were like, there were so many overtimes. <laughs> but at it the would, end, they won, so it was nice. <laughs> oh, I thought I remember the cheerleaders the... were always perky. Aren't they supposed to be? Uh, no, it's all a facade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four overtimes is like a whole extra game, right? We're perky for the first, like, hour, and then we're like, oh, my God, it's freezing. <laughs> uh-huh. But... Yeah, I remember I used to hate that. It was like, overtime, great, overtime. I couldn't imagine four overtimes. Ugh. No, and then losing would be bad, too, but luckily yeah. we won. Yeah, thank God we won. And this Sunday's a big game against Framingham State. Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. right. Arch rivals. And if Westcon wins, basically they win the they go to the NCAAs, I think. Yeah, and That's actually awesome. Friday and Saturday, the women's soccer team, they finish first. So we are hosting the Little East yeah. Championships. So the – how does it work? I think they get a buy. The semifinals are uh, And then the Friday. semifinals, right. They're at noon and 3, and then the final is Saturday at noon. Mm, right, noon. I looked that fo- up. Yeah, because the football game's at 5. So And then – when do the men play? Aren't they play? Oh, they're playing at Eastern. So um, okay, they won yesterday, one to nothing in overtime, cool. with two seconds left in overtime. Apparently, literally two seconds left. Wow! And uh, so I think they're going to the. Let me look it up. Yeah, I looked at the list. A lot of teams are. Yeah, are in the the playoffs or tournaments or, or whatever it is. <laughs> they're going to the LEC semifinals in. Um, at Eastern, which I think is also Friday. So that's cool. You know, one thing that's really cool? The you have woman's to talk center. in your mic. We can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm just <laughs> one thing that's really cool is the Women's Center. Their Instagram, they put out a bunch of uh, things, that, like little um, animations about consent and Halloween. The Danbury Women's Center did that? Um, yes. Cool. The Women's Center. No. On campus, oh, WCSU on and Naugatuck Valley. Oh, good. Um, they, there's some that I'll, there's five. I'm going to read them. You still have to ask your boo for consent. <laughs> consent, not just a bunch of hocus pocus. It's never corny to ask for consent. Cat ears do not equal consent. Trick or treat me with respect. <laughs> They're great. So it says Happy Halloween from the Women's Center. Some reminders from Project Consent that costumes don't equal consent. Mm. Being in a relationship doesn't equal consent, and we need to trick-or-treat everyone with respect. That's good. That's awesome. So do you think guys on campus are going reading that for, at the Women's Center site? Or do you have to go and tell guys you know, hey, go to the Women's Center site, dumbass. You have to uh, <laughs> use um, your brains when you're out on a date tonight at Halloween. Hopefully they follow them on Instagram because they post a lot of, sti- a oh, lot it's of on cool Instagram. things. Yeah. You think the Hopefully there are guys following Women's Center on Instagram. I'd hope so. Cause if not, you got to go spread the word, right? Yeah. It's important. Like, it's just important. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like, guys, make the right decision. Literally. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's rape culture. Like, that's like the whole thing. Even like what we were talking about before, mm-hmm. um, before the podcast started, we were talking about like, like rape is warfare in Bosnia and everything. 
it's like if if you already have like in peacetime like rape culture and like mm-hmm. blaming women for being raped because of what they were wearing or because of whatever like it's gonna be so much easier for like things like that to happen to you to your country like mass rapes and all mm-hmm. of that sort of thing yep so even 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 though it's like not likely in the u.s at least like it's still important like it's, like, it's just like hum- basic human rights yeah so trick-or-treat everyone with respect <laughs> that's great um also the clep exam that's one thing so this saturday they're hosting a clep exam on campus um i don't know if it's too late to sign up for it but i don't think so i mean I mean, unless it's like show up i don't think you can show up Mm -hmm. um because you have to like it costs money and you have to register if so basically this comes out it's thursday so Mm -hmm. if you register today for an exam you go pay the 30 bucks because you're a western student to the Mm -hmm. office um I think it's, I forget what office it is. It's on West Side, but if you look up CLEP exam on, on West Con's page, like, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, the Learning Center or something. And then you just have to pay, like, another fee on, what is it called? Mm. Um, Blackboard? No, it's, like, where you take, where you pay for your SATs. That website. Oh, uh. College Board. Yeah, the That's College That's where you board. go to do the fee there. Mm-hmm. But basically, you can get up to, I think it's up to six credits. Like, the Spanish one is six credits. Wow. Um, just by taking the exam. Did you take, did you clip Spanish? So I actually took enough Spanish to do my requirement. Huh. Um, so I didn't have to do that. But I am going to take the Spanish one this Saturday, actually. <gasps> um, because, actually, Saturday, yeah. Um, because I went through my ent- entire um what is it called? College career? No, yes, but um, program sheet. I mm-hmm. went through the entire program sheet. I did all of my requirements, and I have two little credits. I have, I need two point, two point five credit or one point five credits left for me to be able to graduate mm. after the semester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was like, how do you go through an entire program sheet and not add up to one twenty? Like that's the whole point of doing all your requirements, so you're good to graduate. Somehow it didn't add up. So I'm taking, luckily, in my case, I I know enough Spanish that I can take a club exam. But there's, that's a whole other story. Because the program sheets change so often and it's so terrible that, I know know that like when I first got it, I didn't put two and two together. I remember my my advisor crossing out one of the required classes. She was like, oh, you don't have, you're not required to take this anymore. Mm. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't put two and two together that like, that's three credits that are gone. So I was lucky enough to have taken extra credits. Like I had took classes that were 4.5 credits instead of three, but that still left me with 1.5 credits to take. So pay attention to that. Anyone that's trying to graduate, go to your degree auditor, <laughs> make work with them. Cause like your advisors are great. A lot of them are really great. Some of them not so much, but luckily I had a great advisor. Um, but it's important. Like they only know so much, like you have to go to your degree auditor. There's two and yeah. just talk to them and be like, I'm planning on graduating next year. What do I need? or next semester or whatever, I'd recommend going a year before. That's what I did, so. Maybe a year and a half before, right? Yeah, so even then. So you make up that one and a half credits. Yeah. Because they would have told you then, right? Yeah. Oh, you cross this out, and you still need to take something else. Yeah. You're not on track. Yeah. Of course, you didn't know a year and a half ago that you were going to graduate in three and a half years, right, or three years. I was actually planning on doing three years, mm. and then I think we, I don't know if we talked about it, like the whole thing where they swayed me into staying longer, because if I graduated at 20 and then went to law school and graduated law school at 23, then no one would hire me. <laughs> and I was like, cool, thanks, scared me out of doing that, so. I thought it was because you were a, a 
SGA vice president? No. Yeah. No. Hmm. That would have ended, I would have graduated in May. That would have been it. Been it. Now you're going to be a lawyer at 24. Is that old enough? <laughs> um, I think I might still be 23. Oh, really? Now, what is your plan? Are you planning Wait, to I'm be like, a lawyer at 23? No, I'm 21 right now. I forgot. Uh, I'll be 24, yeah, if I go straight into law school. Uh-huh. That's still like a whole other thing. But You're planning we... for your LSATs. Yes. You're just going to take your LSATs starting in November, right? Uh, no. So February is when my class starts because hmm. there's like hmm. I'm taking a, a class for it. It's not required, but I just – No, you should do that. I just feel like I should do that if I want to get a good score because your score is everything basically. Like they've told – I've seen so many horror stories of like girls or women um, and men that like um, – do everything super great like in college like they have like the best gpa the best like they are so participate they participate in like everything and mm. they have great grades and everything and then they get a low LS- lsat score or like an average lsat score and they can't even get into like law schools i'm like that's insane yeah it's so insane you have to get a really great score to be able to go into law school so that's what i'm going to be doing and at one point you were talking about national guard yeah so i kind of got scared out of that a little bit I'm still obviously considering it, but one of my professors that's in the National Guard said that, like, my recruiter was totally lying to me. Oh. <laughs> and that's so common. And, like, I totally should have seen it coming. But they were, he was like, because my recruiter told me that it wasn't that common for the National Guard, or not the National Guard, uh, the Army Reserve. Or the National Guard is more likely to be um, activated because it's, like, within the U.S. Um, but they said that the, my recruiter said that the Army Reserve especially for, like, what I was going for, for, like, attorneys or, like, um, paralegals in the Army, that you're not as likely to get activated. Um, I guess, is that, that's the word, right? Activate I think so. the so. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, as long as I, like, don't go away for, like, all the time, you know, like, it's six years that you're, that you're committing to. And then my professor was like, no, they're totally lying to your face. Like, you'll get, like, you'll have to, do, like, you'll get activated, like, 100%. Like, you will. Like, once or twice or even three times. And you're, he said you're, he was like, you're going to have to give up, like, years of your life. Like, it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> contemplating again, just trying to figure out, like, what the, what mm-hmm. the hell to do, honestly. <laughs> but I'll figure it out. Yeah. You will. you got plenty of time. You can be a yeah. substitute teacher in between. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a substitute teacher looking for work and figuring out <laughs> the Army. That's right. But. Yeah, hopefully if I, I don't know, I have two courses of action right now. I could mm-hmm. become a paralegal and try to find a firm that will want to pay for my law school, or I could exactly. join the Army Reserve and have them pay for my law school and then give away years of my life, apparently. So You'll I still totally, be young when you get out. Yeah, but, like, it's different. Like, you really have to, that's, like, it's a really, like, huge thing. Like, you mm-hmm. can't just go in and, like, half-ass it. Like, oh, no. you have to go in, like, ready and mm-hmm. I don't know if I am, so mm-hmm. let's see. I don't want to half-ass the military. That's not right. No. <laughs> they won't let you, like you said. Yeah, say. exactly. They won't even let you, so that's not the point. <laughs> <sighs> Is there any other good events coming up that we need to um, talk about? Um, so there's the club testing. There's... Let's see. There's WCSU Jazz Combos. WCSU Jazz Combos will perform at 3 p.m. in the VPAP Concert Hall. Four of Western's Jazz Combos will perform standards and original compositions. That's on Sunday, November 4th. And then there's also 
Oh, there's an open house on uh, November 4th, Sunday also for uh, incoming um, students who are interested in maybe coming to Westcon. Yeah. That's a big deal. And it's actually kind of fun if you're looking, if you're a high school student, it's kind of a good way to figure out what college is like, might be like, and what Westcon is like. And um, there are a lot of helpful young adults there to yeah. guide you. It'll be campus tours and information sessions. All activities will be free and open to the public. And if you're one of those who are thinking, oh, Westcon's too close, that don't do that. Just come and find out, and yeah. you'll find out that there's a lot of good stuff here. I was one of those, and look at me now. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. You love it here, right? Yeah, I was, I was totally one of those naysayers, like, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to be here. Yeah. so close to home. It's actually so much better. You save so much money, and you're just you're right next door. Like, and you get a good education. Exactly. And yeah. you don't have to go home. That's right. Yeah, That's true. I like to tell people is you can stay here. Yeah. And not go home. Right. I personally enjoy like the whole aspect of going home. Like being a commuter, I think is great. But like also, res- it, being a resident is cool too. It's just that like having that option and not having it be like an issue. Like having to like, I don't know. Like, a lot of colleges, like, you have to be a resident and oh, you can't. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, you can choose what you want. If you can afford to be a resident, then cool. If you can't, then that works, too. Like, A lot of those colleges where they force you to be a resident, they're out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So there's nowhere else. No one lives around them. And we have, um, what is it called? The U-Pass now. So we can go to New York whenever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get close to New York. You can get close to New York and then And then just pay. take, like, yeah. 10 bucks to take a train to New York. <laughs> Yeah, you pass. That's a great thing. Yeah. On November 14th, I'm trying to pitch this thing. This guy, Chris Kelly, who is uh, the first lawyer for Facebook. So he's right in there at the beginning. And he is coming to campus on November 14th, 530. He's going to talk about social media and privacy security and stuff. He's also the uh, an investor in MoviePass. What the, oh, is it, what is that thing? Is that the thing that like you pay a fee and a monthly you can go, fee? Yeah, and then you get all the movies? tickets you want. Yeah. Oh my god, I, oh, I forget. Like I like looked at that and I was like, oh, this is awesome, and then I just forgot about it. Yeah, I, I think it's a it. good thing, or it can be a good thing. And he also, smart man. He's also a part owner of the Sacramento Kings NBA basketball team. So he's a pretty cool guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Yeah, if you can get an internship with him, you'd be all set. Wow. Yeah. So, because he's a millionaire and uh, has a lot of experience with social media. Damn. He'll be an interesting talk. Of course, it's free. Yeah. Where and is it? it? It's when? in the. It's November fourteenth, at six thirty five thirty p.m. He's speaking for an hour, and it's in the Visual and Performing Arts Center on the West Side campus. Do you know what day of the week it is? What's uh, it say? No. Let me just look at my phone here, and I'll find out. Wednesday. Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday, November 14th. Ugh, I have Wednesday night classes. I might just be like, I don't know. I give you permission to skip that class. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Write me a note. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Which professor is it? Dr. Jordan. I don't know if she'll take a note. (laughs) She won't, but she already doesn't speak to me, so it's okay. Really? She doesn't really know who I am. Oh, thought you were spilling the tea. <laughs> spilling some tea. No. No tea there? Can't relate to that. <laughs> there you go. I have no, no tea with her. <laughs> she 
So uh, in case anybody missed the first half and checked in only for the barber portion, uh-huh. uh, we should tell them about the IHHS speaker on Monday. Right? Because we talked about it during the, the first half with Crystal. I wonder if that happens. I'm going to skip to Barbara's part. That would make me feel so cool. <laughs> you mean the uh, person who goes into past lives yeah. and finds out who you are. Is that coming up this Monday? Yeah, it's a fifth. So that'll be interesting. She believes that we all have past lives and that we can go back and ex- uh, figure out what happened in them. She'll bring you back to your past lives and help you deal with the um, problems that you have. Everybody has problems in their current life, right? Everybody acknowledges that. And they cause you, they cause you issues. You hate your mother, so you, um, you know, aren't good at work because you're crabby with everybody or whatever, right? So if you could figure out how not to hate your mother, you'd be better at work. Barbara doesn't buy that, but no, uh, I mean I'm just trying to like adapt it because I think we talked about this last week that I half believe it um, about the past lives. You yeah, because yeah. like I personally believe in reincarnation. Then you do believe in the past lives. Yes, I just don't know if unless this was you your can, first like, life access that kind of thing. Right, but, but I mean, cool. Like I'll go and. Dabble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. She says she'll take people back to their past lives right there during the session and um, give you an idea how to do it. So if you can go back and solve it and forgive your mother or whatever it is. See what I, I don't know. Paul, is there beef with your mom? There's a lot of uh... <laughs> my sisters and my mom, but not uh, me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I personally like believe that like you kind of like adapt your next life according to how your past life went. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, like, if you were really rich in your past life and, like, you were just greedy and you didn't help anybody, then maybe in this next life you'll be poor and mm-hmm. you'll have to, like, learn the other side of it and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know about fixing problems. I mean, it's always good to, like, recognize things that you have. I feel like that's one thing that people don't do enough. Like, mm-hmm. like being able to, like, not be defensive with other people or with yourself and like actually like evaluating things Mm -hmm. like one of the best things that someone's ever told me and it was like at yeah it was like a close friend so it wasn't like a stranger or anything they were like they just like were were mentioned like we were kind of like talking about everything and he was like um like don't take this the wrong way but i think that's something that you could you could analyze about yourself um is that sometimes you could be arrogant and i was like okay like at first i was like what like no and then he kind of i kind of like stopped and like thought about it and tried to adapt it to like my everyday life and like be like oh am I acting this way right now because I'm trying to be arrogant or trying to be like superior or is it because I have a genuine reason or something Mm -hmm. or like the same thing with like selfishness like am I doing am I doing this person a favor because I expect something in return or like that sort of thing and when you can recognize that in yourself and do things in second not second guess yourself but like reevaluate every time you kind of do something just to Mm -hmm. make sure that your your purpose is genuine Mm -hmm. that's like I think one of the best qualities, that, like not a quality, but like a really cool thing that someone can do because mm-hmm. it, it just just betters yourself. You know, it's, like, it's the easiest way to try to make sure that you're doing things for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, man. Like, like try like realizing and like telling yourself like you're being arrogant, mm-hmm. like you're being selfish, you're doing this, and like really trying to make a change is tough. But it's always like a first step in recognizing it. It's good and free. Good and fresh, yes. Fresh. <laughs> I got it wrong. Damn it. People do it too late in life, too. Yes, they do. There's, so. You can always learn, but it's uh, once you hit a certain age, it takes. I mean, it takes amount of, a certain amount of time, yeah. right? So you got to. Get... 
stuck you in your ways. And you're like, right. oh, no, I've always done it this way because you've always had that. Maybe you've always been that way or something, you know? Or I just your think mother it's taught like, it to you. Huh? Your mother taught it to you. <laughs> yeah. It can be, I know that my mom always says that. Like, she, because, um, like, her relationship with her mom was always good or whatever, but it wasn't, like, like she wasn't always, like, wasn't able to, like, be open and honest. So she, with my, me and my sisters, like, she tried making sure that our relationship was very open, that she could we could tell her things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she kind of, like, didn't, like, not, like, not punish, like, didn't, like, critique, like, what we were doing because she, she didn't want to, like, judge us mm-hmm. when we were trying to be open. So she always talks about how, like, she could have changed that and, like, that would have made us, like, different people or would have helped in certain ways because, like, you know, like, maybe I wouldn't have been less arrogant or less selfish or whatever, like, because she would have been like, hey, you're being this way. Yeah, I so. see. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. The So I think this speaker will talk about some of those things, and it's free for students. Yeah. It's in the Ives Concert Hall. And um, the rest of us have to pay 20 bucks, but I think I might go anyway. Because really? I think it's interesting. Even staff, faculty has to pay? Uh, yeah, they're trying to raise money for the... Mm, what is it called? The Institute of Holistic Health Studies? Yes. Institute for Holistic Health Studies? Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. IHSS. Which is a good thing to support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Boy, we've covered it all today. Yeah. Right? I think we're done. All right. All right. See you next week, Barbara. See ya. Thanks. One last thing. There were the cutest little kids in the student center today. That is the best event we have all year. Is when we bring the little kids, you know, from the little like daycare place yep. on campus. They were all dressed up in their little costumes and all the offices like brought like candy and stuff. Those kids are so freaking cute. I can't I even like that's just like the last. <laughs> right. They're five and six years or four They're years like old. They're like preschool. Man. Like it's yeah. so freaking cute. They are cute. Yeah, that's just like a final comment like keep going like whoever whoever hosts that event do it like every year yeah you're right because <laughs> it's so freaking cute and they were all in one room now because they used to do last year they did like they would walk around the offices yeah. but now they put everyone in a room and you decorated your table and then they just walked around really? their costumes were amazing like they're so cute there were like three princesses there was a spider-man <sighs> i know I didn't know that. I thought uh, we, my office wasn't handing out candy, so I thought we were being bad or grunt, grinchy. But anyway, Grinch. next year we'll set up a table, I guess. You should. It was mm-hmm. so cute to, to look, like, see all the little kids, and they were so happy getting candy. They are cute, but then you spend an hour handing out candy to kids who will never remember it, and it's like, uh, really? I got stuff I remember to do. It. I got a podcast to do. I can't be hanging around with little it really, kids. It was meant to be an hour, but it literally was like 30 minutes because mm. there was only two groups of kids. So, yeah, it was really cute. Can I just look at your pictures on Instagram and do that? No, you have to participate, Paul. You have to see the cute little kids. <laughs> All right. That was it. All right. All right. Thanks. See ya.